Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa la'aqibatul mutaqin. Wa la'udwana illa ala al-zalimin. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altu sahla. Wa anta tajulul hazna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everybody. I hope um, you're all doing good insha'Allah. Today's a great day. You can't tell from that. Oh, yeah, it says it there, yeah. Yes, bro, mashallah. Fourth volume. How about that? Allahumma barik. Are we in year nine? What year are we in? Year nine. I think it's year nine, isn't it? Yeah? So if it's in year nine, so it's basically three years of volume. Yeah. Theoretically, it's going to be 45 years for the lot. Theoretically, right? Because it's 15 volumes. Right? Theoretically. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, alhamdulillah, it's always exciting when we start a new volume. Alright, folks. Now, um, not going to lie. Not going to lie. I was... I'm behind on everything this week. Like, on life. Okay? I'm behind on life. That's the easiest way of putting it. It's been a very, very stressful week. Very stressful. And the last thing that I needed, the last thing that I needed was to uh, be doing all this vaccination, vaccinating bakwas as well. You know what I bought for you guys? You know the way I look after you lot, yeah? It's incredible. I said to myself, I want to show my class something. So... Oh, that's impossible. How are we going to do this? There's no way you can see that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look how powerful that is. No, I can't. That is a bottle full of chips, microchips. Can you read that? Wow, sick. Yeah. And the other side has all the security on it. And you might have seen all that batch behavior. That is the batch EK4243. Yeah. Anyway. It says, I'm going to read it out to you. Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. After dilution, vial contains five doses of 0.3 mils. It contains six doses easily, by the way. Anyone who's professional, anyone who's administrated va uh, injections, knows how to, I mean, draw up and so on, and, or knows how to measure, is able to get six doses easily, with some left over, by the way. Okay. For intramuscular use, contains no preservative. That's one of the reasons why you've got to use it quite quickly. For use under emergency use authorization, dilute before use. That's the mission part. Discard six hours after dilution when stored at 2 to 25 degrees centigrade, 35 to 77 Fahrenheit, 
dilution date and time. That's what you write on it. We don't bother because we're using one every whatever. I just want to say that I used to do this kind of stuff 15, 20 years ago. It's a mission on the back all this, all this vaccinating because I always want to be nice and help people. Anyway, I want to say I've got to start this class off yani, in our normal fashion. What I find is the funniest thing. I want to write something about it. It's the funniest thing. Tell me if I'm alone. As in, I burst out laughing today a number of times. Okay? Right? Number of times. Burst out laughing. When you're trying to explain something to someone and they don't hear you. Yeah? If you're trying to... If you're trying to explain something to someone and they don't hear you. This is what they do. Yeah? They don't hear you. They go, sorry? <laughs> As if it's covering their ears. So they're speaking, they're speaking, you're speaking, they're speaking, you're speaking. And so when they don't hear you, they go, what was that, love? What was that, love? Like as if this is covering your flipping ears. It's covering your mouth. What are you taking off your mouth for, woman? It's the most irritating thing. Please tell me that it's just not me going crazy. Everybody does it. It's crazy. Tell me that I'm not alone. Please someone for my own sanity tell me that you've seen it. They're going, sorry? Like, what do you think taking it off your mouth is going to make your ears any better? Oh my God, that's so irritating. Oh my God. Anyway. No way, Zakaria, that is actually real. Zakaria, that's it. We need link love, bro. Link love. Anyway, I genuinely think it's a psychological thing. Like, meaning that I've seen it before. It's not just me. It's genuinely, like, you know, it's one of those, you know, the, that tap the head uh, thing, you know, whatever. Oh my God, it's crazy how many people do it. Anyway, anyway. Where's Marina, man? Marina's going to be saying, listen, man, you're ruining book four. Right, okay. So, I just want to say, it's been a tough week. Tough week. So, um, I didn't get to uh, even get to the class, let alone a text, let alone translate it. Right? Um, okay, see, alhamdulillah, we've got people who are saying that, uh, that, uh, that they do, that um, people do it. Okay? It's crazy. Like it's 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 really crazy. They just do it. Sorry, love. Sorry, love. Like what are you doing, woman? Oh my god. Now, and I'm not even going to be talking about the ones that are just you know speaking and uh, you know the 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 thing is uh, mouths open and noses open and it's rubbish wearing. That's standard. Yeah, but I mean. Why are you... What is the connection of your mouth with your... Anyway. Shadow. Alright. So, um, I, I, inshallah, because I've got a, quite a tough week, the rest of the week as well, and a lot of different things, and a lot of janatis, man. A lot of ghusls as well. A lot of uh, that side. Allah musta'an. And then, you know, uh, uh, I think I, you know, overstretched myself on the vaccinating part and all the rest of it. Blah, blah, blah. So... I am not promising even for next week either. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Literally, I'm not. Oh, sugar. Um, 
I just lost all the comments. One second. Yeah. Um, so, um, if I don't get to it by this week, I mean, the good, good thing is it's not exactly the most detailed notes. We're not going to be running a million miles away. Uh, so I'm just going to translate on the fly if you guys are good with that. So this is the new chapter, Bab, Salatul Tatawa. Okay, the um, the chapter of uh, the Tatawa prayer. All right, and the Tatawa prayer is all about the word Tatawa. What does the word Tatawa mean? Okay. We translate it as supererogatory. When we were Banduzi and it be in the uh, uh, beginning, in the early, early parts of this class, if you remember from the old, old school people, we used to always translate it as voluntary. And then someone had a brainwave. Could have been me, but I don't want to be that arrogant because I've got a sneaky feeling it wasn't me. I mean, I think it was me. But at some point I said I don't like the word voluntary because voluntary, I can't even remember the discussion we had. But it's definitely not voluntary anyway, okay? It, uh, because when you look in the books of Fiqh, well, as we're going to see right now, when they say what is the technical definition of the Tawah, they say it's not obligatory. So when you say not obligatory, if you say give me an English word for non not obligatory, they say voluntary. That's what people say automatically, right? And uh, I can't remember. Um... Oh, shut up. Is it snowing? Is it snowing? Or is that just rain? No, it's snow. Sugar, it's proper snow, bro. Check on the iPhone just so that my eyes are not deceiving me. Yeah? Yeah? Have you tell me how it's snowing at three degrees? That's what I want to know. It's not even cold enough for snow. Proper snow, big flakes, bro. Anyway. So, there is a reason, super, yeah, meaning, there you go. Huh? So, observed or performed to an extent non, not enjoined or required. No, I don't like that. <laughs> you know what? I just gotta say that Joeria she <laughs> she wins the comment of the entire class. Says the girl with the name which is unpronounceable. Joeria. I don't know what's harder to pronounce. Joeria or Tatawa or supererogatory. Um, Tatawa is a, a handful because that thought just comes out of nowhere. Tatawa, supererogatory. I actually think. Are both fine. I think Jueria is easily the most hardest out of all of them. Easily. Okay. Um, now, super rogatory. Is the performance of more than is asked for. Yeah. You see, super rogatory. Yeah. You know, it's basically encouraging you to do extra. And that is the right, yeah, any mindset. Because the alternative, voluntary, has no kind of, uh, I want you to do it. It's just, it's up to you if you want to do it. 
That's what voluntary means. Up to you whether you want to do it. You want to do it? Up to you. Supererogatory, I want you to do it. I'd love it if you did it. I'd be grateful if you did it. I'm kind of pushing you to do it. But it isn't what is required. It's more than what I'm asking for. Yeah. So definitely the right word is the supererogatory prayer and not voluntary. I mean, there might be even better words out there, frankly, or easier words. But what we know is that we can't say the voluntary prayer. Okay. So this word, tatawwara, is used generally when it comes to the acts of worship or doing an act of worship. Um, and also from its linguistic meaning, it means to do something which is good. So it means to that to do that which is any kind of ta'a, obedience and worship. Okay. Um, so as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in Surah Al-Baqarah 157 in Nasafa wal Marwata min Sha'airillah Faman Hajj al-Bayta aw i'tamara fala junaha alayhi an yattawwafa bihima wa man tatawwa khayra fa inna Allah shakirun alim If you look at this translation Safa and Marwa amongst are among the rights of Allah so for those who make their major or minor pilgrimage to the house it is no offense to circulate between the two so we're talking about the tawaf, okay. Woman tatawa khaira, right? So, and whoever does good of his own accord will be rewarded, all right. Woman tatawa khaira, woman tatawa khaira, fa in Allah shakirun alim. Here. The word tatawa has been used, but it's not referring to its voluntary nature. Okay, it's referring the uh, it's referring to doing a a great action of worship, and that's why to translate it as the uh, anyone who does good of his own accord will be rewarded. Right? I like that translation of this particular ayah because it doesn't necessarily make you feel that the act is not obligatory or obligatory. We know that tawaf is is uh, not just obligatory. Actually, it's even bigger than obligation. It's a rukan, right? It's a pillar of the act of uh, hajj and umrah, actually, right? So it doesn't actually get more important. And yet the word tatawah, which is the least important of the actual commands, is used, which indicates that tatawah has a general meaning and a specific meaning. In its generality, it means to do good. And it means to do obedience. It means to do acts of worship. That's the way we start. Uh, and then Sheikh Udameen says, uh, in page 5 of this, uh, the beginning, first page of the commentary, page 5, volume 4. And he goes, it's also uh, 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 connected, or it's, rather, it's also applied in its specific sense. Okay? Um, when it's used in fiqh, yani in the area of jurisprudence. And it goes back to that concept, you know, that a word means different things in different sciences. Yeah? Like the word sunnah. It means... Uh, it means aqidah, it means deen, it's very very important and then in the, in the chapter of uh, fiqh it means something entirely different it means non, not obligatory, in hadith it means something else, in talaq it means something else you can have a talaq which is sunnah talaq and bid'ah talaq etc etc so the tawwah also has that um, kind of uh, uh, essence, different meanings in different uh, places and when the fuqaha use it they simply mean not obligatory. 
That's what they mean. But it is absolutely intended or 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 um, an objective in of itself. It is requested, but it's not obligatory. Okay. And Sheikh Uthameen makes some points. He goes that, you know, it's from his wisdom, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that every time that he legislates for us an obligation, he legislates for it a partner from the non-obligatory as well. And from its own form, its own type, its own species, its own its own genus, its own genus. So from every obligatory act of worship, from the genus of that act of worship, Allah would partner it up with a supererogatory one or a supplementary one as Hadith was is suggesting. And what this does is that this uh, gives a greater emphasis and uh, a greater sense of importance and with the intention, hopefully, of more Iman in the Asl Act itself, in the actual Asl uh, uh, type of Act, hoping, therefore, thereby, because of the emphasis on the original Act by emphasizing it with a partner, that you start to take the partner more seriously because you're already taking the original one seriously, right? Um, and also, Sheikh Uthameen, he just, it's a throwaway comment, and he says, and also to complete the uh, obligations on the Day of Judgment, okay? Um, because the obligations that we perform will definitely be deficient on the final day. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The Prophet has told us, he hasn't mentioned the hadith, but the hadith is narrated, it is authentic. The Prophet ﷺ said that on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, have the uh, slave in front of him presenting his actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell the angels to reach into the um, uh, the vat, if you want, okay? The way out, the, 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 kind of the container, as you were, of obligatory deeds. And each one will be categorized. So salah and so on and so forth. And the obligatory acts of that category will end out deficient. The person will think I'm destroyed. It's game over, finished. This is the bare minimum condition. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command the angels for them to reach into the uh, nafal or the tatawwa or the supererogatory backup. And those actions, the partner actions will then... Uh, mold and fix and fill the obligations and that's basically our mentality that's why we should be uh, motivated all the time despite how difficult it is or we not, don't want to do it or whatever yani your mentality the uh, sunnah aspect of this deen the non-obligatory aspects of this deen the extra things that we do at the love of Allah and his messenger is essential and Sheikh Uthameen says so for example wudu it has wajib and an obliga obligatory uh, aspects if you look at the uh, um, uh, uh, bare minimum of wudu it's straightforward but if a person multiplies it by two and then by three and goes higher and more fresher and go colder yani aspects that that are not obligatory in of itself uh, the salah obviously wajib and then extra the night prayer and ones that we're going to cover uh, giving spending from your money charity so that's zakah, which is obligatory, but then so many million times an opportunity to pray to, to pay extra. Um, uh, the fasting, Ramadan is just a couple of months away, but then we should be doing the extras now, the fun and the, the Mondays and the Tuesdays, etc., which is the tatawwa. 
the Hajj, of course, is fit, fit, fixed by the Umrah. The Jihad itself also has an obligation one, which is when you are under attack or when a command comes as obligatory. But in other times, when you know it's uh, it's uh, expansion time, foreign policy time of the state, and they want to go and you know check a few things out or expand, it's a call that goes out, and the people are up for it. And they don't have to go. And if you do, it's a wonderful extra to Tawwa act. And knowledge as well. There are certain aspects of knowledge that one has to know as a minimum. And then others that it is good to know, to Tawwa. And so on, etc, etc. Um, the hadith that Adil put up is uh, the one that I was referring to. Uh, it, this is one of the uh, versions of it. This hadith is, this is the version of Imam At-Tirmidhi. Um, just also an, 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 an a point. It says, as you can see, that it's the source is a Sunan al-Tirmidhi. And I've said it before that the correct you know, phrase, according to the majority of Hadith scholars, is a Jami' al-Tirmidhi. Okay, the Jami' of Imam al-Tirmidhi, as opposed to the Sunan. Um, and the Prophet ﷺ said that the first action for which a servant of Allah will be held accountable on the day of resurrection will be his prayers, if they are in order. He will have prospered and succeeded. Do I like that? He will have prospered and succeeded. Yeah, I mean, he will, have, he will be successful and achieve salvation. I prefer. He will be successful and achieve salvation. That's what I prefer. If they are lacking, then فَقَدْ خَابَ وَخَسِرْ Right? So he will have, I mean, yeah, failed and lost. I, I'm okay with that. If there is something defective in his obligatory prayers, then the Almighty Lord will say, see if my servant has any, see, they have used voluntary, not good enough. See if my servant has any supererogatory prayers that can complete what is insufficient in his obligatory prayers. The rest of his deeds will be judged the same way. So every other category is going to be dealt with the same way. Um, like everything, whether it's like a beard, clothes, beauty, whether it's uh, like, like absolutely everything. Right, every act of worship will have a partner and a part. All right. So that being said, um, the uh, supererogatory prayers themselves come in uh, different forms as well. The different uh, uh, categories themselves. These non-obligatory prayers. So, for example, uh, uh, they can be classified in different ways. So those types which. Uh, need a, 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 a where it's legislated for you to pray them in congregation and others where it's not legislated to pray them in congregation or those which are connected to the obligatory prayers meaning they follow the obligatory or they come before it meaning that they are linked to the obligatory prayers and others which are completely free from the obligatory prayers like the like the two raka'ah of wudu right the two raka'ah made after wudu has nothing to do with the prayers can be done any time that you make wudu at any time of the day obviously Remembering the rules of what time of the day you can pray and not pray. Obviously, that needs to be applied wherever we did with that four or five years ago. Yeah. And then you've got those uh, uh, non-obligatory prayers, the Dawah prayers, which are time limited. Meaning it only you can only pray them at a certain time. Like Salatul Witr, for example, which we're going to put into this category. It can't be prayed all day. It is only between the night and the morning. Right. And then you've got other prayers that can be prayed all the time. So two rakah for no reason if you just want to pray. That's unrestricted. That's uh, not time uh, limited. Uh, then you've got that which is muqayyad bisabab. That is, you've got those uh, uh, supererogatory prayers or tatawwa prayers 
which are connected or restricted by its cause that something has to happen for you to be able to pray. Obvious one is uh, Salatul Istisqa, which is the prayer for rain. Therefore, there's got to be a drought before you pray. The prayer for the eclipse, obviously got to be an eclipse before you pray. So that yani, is something which is restricted to a reason and that which doesn't require any reason. All right. So it's not restricted. So like I said, the two rakaat by itself, uh, etc. Um, and all of these, what I just said, are all non-obligatory prayers. All right. Tatawwah prayers. Um, and the uh, text, let's read out the beginning of the opening line of this text. Imam al-Hajjawi, alayhi rahmatullah, he says, Bab The chapter of the supererogatory prayers. And it's most emphasized or the most emphasized of them is the eclipse prayer. Then the rain prayer. Then the uh, taraweeh. What do we call taraweeh? I've forgotten the translation for taraweeh. What's taraweeh? Yani, the Ramadan night prayer. I, you know, I've gone completely blank. I, uh, uh, what, what, what do we translate taraweeh as? Or do we even translate it? You know, I've done so many videos on taraweeh. I can't for the life of me think what taraweeh means. Anyway, uh, obviously you know that the, we, when we come to it, you know that it's about a prayer that has lots of raha, lots of breaks because it's so long, etc., etc. But anyway, the taraweeh, taraweeh, all right, taraweeh, all right. You know what I'm talking about. So then the next most emphasized is taraweeh, and then the witter, all right. That's his opening salvo. So he's put witter right at the end of this select of four. He's put eclipse prayer. Shock in at number one, okay. Yeah, new entry at number one, and uh, then Istisqa, and another big surprise in at number two, and then the perennial favorite has been dropped down to number three, and the absolute, absolute, absolute nailed on certainty number one is a shocking slide to number four. As you can see, as you can see, I used to watch. No, no, not watch. I used to listen. No, no, not listen. I used to record off the radio in the good old days, the top 40. That's like in the 80s. Anyway, that's how they would describe the top 40 in the days. Shock this, perennial this, blah, blah. Anyway, so that's our text. Okay, that's our text. I will re 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 repeat that again. Bab salatu kusuf. Alright? So the chapter of the supererogatory prayer, the most emphasized of them, Akad. Okay? And this is where the word Mu'akkad comes. Or rather, Sunnah Mu'akada. Mu'akada. Ghair Mu'akada. Yep. Packs any eat and swallow the Hamza, so it becomes any Mu'akad and Ghair Mu'akad. But it is Mu'akad. Alright? Emphasized. So its most emphasized is the Kusuf. Then istisqa, then taraweeh, and then the witr prayer. Now, um, we'll obviously speak a lot of detail about these prayers, and they are coming later as well. So we'll cover a little bit now and later in this proper section. Um, this is the Hanbali school classic. However, in the Hanbali school itself, there's also some discussion um, whether this really is the correct kind of ranking. And we'll have a little go at that. Anyway, let's look what he... Um, we'll come to that in a second. Anyway, now we know what tatawwa 
uh, actually uh, is Sheikh still wants to um, go a bit more, bit more fundamental and say out of the Tatawa itself as a concept, supererogatory actions, good acts of worship that are not obligatory, what's the best of them all? Okay? And he comes straight out and he says, Sheikh Al-Uthameen, alayhi rahmatullah, he said the most emphasized, the most recommended of the supererogatory actions from the physical acts of worship is jihad. And then he said, but some scholars also said that it is knowledge, meaning seeking knowledge. Okay, Sheikh says the correct position, and this is a wonderful position. This is a position that he has obviously held from for, for forever, and this is a position that I remember. If you want to hear a story, I know that you guys love a story. No, I love a story. Okay, uh, the page number of what on Surah? What does Surah mean? I don't even know what that even means. Right. Um, Perhaps they do that to put forward those things that, that may easily slip the mind of a student. So they study the Eclipse and its discard prayers before getting to that. To those that they definitely already have prior knowledge to. No, no, I don't think this has anything to do with that. Uh, do we see these terms mentioned in other madhahib as well? Oh, no, no, Mu'akkad is, is, uh, is, 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 is absolutely. Let me tell you a story. Okay. I will tell you a story of my very early days of da'wah right you know let me tell you something one of the very fortunate things of my uh moments when i started practicing 90 whatever it was yeah is at that time i was never in the grasp of the kind of like mental madness salafis right there was no doubt about it that the Salafi Da'wah was the best, still is the best. Absolutely incredible principles. Lots of, um, you know, making people connect to their deen in a way which was absolutely unique and still is. Um, but as you know, back in the 90s, it was very, very toxic. A lot of people went very cult in it. And that's because it came from just actors and just, you know, showmen and all the rest of it. Okay. And... Um, um, but the Ajeeb thing is, and to be honest, I can definitely have seen myself, you know, I had, I had my own kind of character and I had my own kind of, you know, I was a Jack the Lad. So that would have really kind of been up my, up my, up my street that, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, someone's got an ego and uh, always, you know, saw himself as better than everybody else from down south, you know, all you northerners. It was, it was just, it was what it was. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected me in that I never ever come across any of these neo-Salafis. Yeah, and when it came to my practicing side, I was with, I was with a, and you know what, you know why? Because I, in my first year, was, with um, Arabs, that was the basic thing. You see, the Salafi movement in this country never had any Arabs involved. Never historically had any Arabs involved. The only Arabs that were involved, it was just Dumpakis basically, a couple of Bengalis, a couple of XYZ, right? And when these people went and learned their Arabic, they then basically kept their scholars over there, over yonder, wherever that was, okay? And made sure that there were no scholars here and that they were running 
the kind of the, the, the game. So you can see that I would have loved that scene. I would have made myself a leader and that, that, that would have been the end of it. Um, and so here, nobody was keeping an eye on the kind of things that people were saying and doing and claiming and the way they were acting, etc., etc., etc. That was one of the very big signs. Um, and that's why it's utterly unforgivable in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later, now when we look at it, right? That you've got Arabs who, or you've got scholars in this country where that's a, that, that, and you've got these kind of neo Salafi, Madkhali kind of movements. I mean, it's untenable because those who were practicing from the Arabs, they would look at these nutters, yeah, and like, you know, what the hell is this? This is like a cult from God knows what. So I started practicing around those people, but they weren't really interested in, about, in titles and stuff. They were very much interested in knowledge and study and learning. And so my point is, is that I had a very pragmatic, moderate introduction to my practicing life and my teachers around me. Different kind of, um, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different kind of uh, thing. Um, and so I was always trying... And because I started, took on a lot of studying and, you know, I took my whole first year out basically from um, uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called? I took myself out of the kind of uh, university and stuff and I started studying full time. I went abroad and I just got, you know, the girls to sign me in, you know, and, you know, pharmacy was such a joke course. It was so easy, right? Um that I accelerated a lot and then I was already starting to do da'wah when I was still at university, all right? And I always wanted to bring different people together. I always had, and I came from a non-practicing background, that's very important. You know, your, your, own, your own history plays a massive role. So I always wanted to um, try to be a unifier. You know, a lot, some people now always want to really kind of, you know, build on their own brand. I was like, man, you know, these people don't know how good they've got it because you've just not been practicing. You've not experienced not practicing this. If you've been really non-practicing, you see this whole thing as a blessing. You see anyone even wearing a turban and flying and doing all this kind of bakwas, whatever, you still see it as a blessing. And these people have got so much in common, you know, as opposed to what they differ upon. I was massive on that, massive. And so at that time, Hizb al-Tahrir Muhajirun, especially Muhajirun, uh, early, early days, they were nutters, mental, and people hated them. I mean, like with intense hate. They used to fight physically with Salafis, etc., etc., etc. And I was not one of those guys. I was always looking to try and unify uh, people, trying to find common ground, etc., etc. And I remember, that was the background that was needed. You know this guy who's in prison right now? I've forgotten his name now. You know, the, the black uh, convert, what's his name, man? The Mahajirun guy. One of you is going to mention his name and then and, and, and I'll, I'll confirm it. Um, oh, God, what's his name? But anyway, you guys remember, um, uh, you do remember the guy, uh, you, 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 you'll, you'll remember his name. He was like, you know, Mahajirun's, still was, still is, 20, 30 years later. Uh, spokesman and shouting and screaming and this and that whatever and he was always calling people to jihad and always calling people to xyz etc etc and i remember on this issue giving a kind of like a, 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 a you can say like a, a lecture 
in Queen Mary's in Westfield when these guys had gone to a gathering and they knew me as the Salafi. Um, Brooks, 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 something Brooks, or his surname is Brooks. Yeah, I think. I can't even remember his uh, Muslim name. So long ago. Abu Izzuddin. Thank you. That's the one, Zakir. Exactly him. All right. And his partner was short Abdurrahman. Okay. Um, and I remember that uh, I stood up in the crowd and I uh, said to the people that, and there was lots of booing and this and that, whatever. And I was respected even then as one of the kind of, you know, selfie students of knowledge. And I quoted to them number of ayat of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows that the best as a concept, the best as a concept is entirely flexible. Okay. Um, and that it is, yeah, to say, for example, like the best prayer or the most emphasized is kusuf is a very kind of like, uh, uh, um, well, it's just a very kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, black and white kind of statement. And Sheikh Uthameen, and no scholar actually agrees with this, but it's not even whether we agree with that answer or not. It's actually the principle. Ibn Taymiyyah spoke about it. That's where I took it from. I never knew the statement of Sheikh Uthameen uh, existed. And that is that when it comes to what is the most emphasized and what is the best, it differs from time and place. It differs from time and place and person and their qualities. So when we see certain things from certain people, we can see a deficiency in from them in other areas, then we want to put them to use in certain areas, which we know that they'll actually produce something and they, they work better. And even it might not be a very healthy pro and, yeah, any, uh, you know, uh, Islamic kind of uh, point or area or good that person might be doing. But we don't expect anything else from them or we expect that their work in that area to be better. Vis-a-vis uh, someone who um, has got qualities in a different area, we want to put them into jihad or we want to put them into politics and whatever. Anyway, I remember uh, explaining this, right? And I'm going to come to what Sheikh Uthameen says in a second. And I cannot forget that this guy, he stood up, this Trevor Brooks, he goes, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, this is the haqq. I cannot remember. And uh, I cannot forget. And they were making takbir and the Salafis were like, Ras, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, and he, this guy is, is cheering our guy. He goes, he's spoken the truth, he's spoken the truth. Because I said that politics at a time like this now is one of the big obligations to ensure that the sahwa starts, right? The revival, which we see now a lot of a positive impact of. We see a lot of negative as well. And that jihad as well. And I said, by the way, you can put your jihad to bed when it's time for hajj. We need to go hard when it comes to hajj. That was, that was the point. Yeah, and when it comes to the obligatory actions, nothing yeah, and it gets close to Hajj. But that obligation and that emphasis and that whatever amongst the obligations, I mean, is something which is time limited. So there is a far greater nuance to the concept of better. I just I know I've gone on and bored everybody with the story, but my point was is that uh, a a it's always good to unify. And if you're going to unify people, unify them on knowledge, not on what they want to hear or not, but proper, generic, high-quality knowledge. And that's why I was able to stay out of every single group, because we were obsessed, our little group and our teachers were obsessed with knowledge. Just generic, hardcore, 
texts, what the scholars say, what they say, what they, they, what they don't say, don't do this, don't do that. And this approach, by the way, kept me out of the ISOC. I used to be very anti-ISOC because ISOC was very politics focused and that meant that they had to be very lax and lenient in matters of deen. We were the second unofficial ISOC. We were the practicing kind of group of people that would support the ISOC when they needed it, when it comes to teaching this, that way. We didn't get involved in their kind of their brand. And what is the benefit of, of you people, if some of you are young now in your 20s or, or teens or whatever, is that this way of thinking, this understanding of allowing people to go into certain areas that they've got game in, and, and we then tell those people that's the best thing that you can do, even if they are not very practicing, is actually from our deen. And I do mean non-practicing people. And I do mean, therefore, that you will have a better understanding of the political situation. So, for example, you've got some sisters who are not going to, you know, uh, inspire the world in their, the way they wear their hijab, they wear their trousers, and they wear their things, whatever, whatnot. And you're just going to have to take one. You're just going to have to just turn around and say, listen, right, calm down. We're not expecting anything here. But this sister does incredible charity work. Or she does, like a, a Saeeda Varsi, for example. Sayyidah Varsi is not going to do anything else for our community other than what she is doing. And she does a brilliant job, even though, honestly, me and that woman have so much beef. It's incredible. But I'm going to say, listen, you know what? I will, I, will, I will shut up for the team. I will try to avoid criticizing her. And I don't just mean the washing dirty laundry in public line. I mean that, what exactly am I going to get out of Sayyidah Varsi or Sadiq Khan or X or Y? Which yani Quran are they going to memorize or hadith they're going to this or jihad they're going to fight or dawah or whatever. But you know what? If there is the guy who's going to go and at least reduce the harm or bring some kind of benefit, whatever, whatnot. And this is a very dangerous area. Very, very dangerous area because once you start to turn a blind eye here, then uh, there's, a, and there's a difference between turning a blind eye and supporting. So, you know, just as Adil has given the example uh, about Ilhan, okay, that's where the problem occurs, right? Where they start to use, uh, they get that kind of blind eye support from the Muslims, uh, tolerance from the Muslims. They take it and they run with it and they, they run with it under, on the Islamic card and they start to try to promote the idea that this brand of whatever they're doing, whether it's politics or gender equality or some kufr or some bakwas, is actually Islamic. So that's where Linda has fallen and that's where Ilhan and Umar has fallen, right? These are not, you know, there's a big, big difference from staying quiet and just praying to Allah for their guidance and hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use that person in a good way. When the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah will support this deen with a fasiq man, yani, and we have other ideas, yani, uh, we have other narrations that involve the word kafir, then someone who is fasiq like these people are, and they are because they openly yani, celebrate sin, right? Um, they openly promote sin. So promoting lesbianism or promoting zina or promoting blah, blah, blah. This is completely unacceptable. And if we don't speak against this, then you have the rise of the alt-right, you know, like the Hakika Tuju type of people who are nuts on the other side, by the way. But this is what they feed off because they see the Muslims supporting uh, these people who are completely and utterly deviant. 
and there's a subtle nuance and a subtle difference. I'm going to translate. You can never explain this point very well. You're going to get a beating for nothing trying to explain what I just said in public in any wording, in any kind of way, right? And that doesn't matter whether it's now in a contemporary time and it doesn't matter whether it was back in the day either. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to read something now. Look how politically incorrect this statement is amongst an absolute haq statement. Look at what he says. He says, Sheikh Uthameen, on page six, he goes, the correct position is that um, the best and the most emphasized of actions, right, are linked and differ uh, according to the differing, uh, the, 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 the different people and different times, what's a greater priority and so on. So we might say to a person, the best thing for you to do is to go and uh, 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 perform jihad. And to another person, we might say, what's better for you is to go and seek knowledge. And so if a person is brave and strong and active, but he's not very clever, <laughs> then the best thing for him is jihad. Because this is more, yani, his thing. And if he is clever, clever, and he's got a great memory, and he's got a great, yani, way of establishing the uh, the evidences, then what's better for him is to study, and that's when we are deciding what is best when you look at the actual person itself. So he's more built for that. He's more built for that. Now I'm just going to pause there and just tell you that that's just not right. That's not. That's neither Islamically right, and that's neither uh, politically correct, because this idea that only the dumbos yani, go and fight jihad is is untenable. Now I know Sheikh Uthameen doesn't mean that, but there's no nice way of saying uh, Okay, right. Now he doesn't say the key. He doesn't say that he's not clever. He actually says he's not of that level of cleverness. So he does kind of cover himself, frankly. But I mean, just actually, this would indicate only dumb people do jihad. And that's unacceptable, frankly. There's got to be a different way to word that. Now, that's Islamically. I'm just talking about Islamically. Because this is not true. Our greatest scholars were Mujahideen. And they were, you know, read about Ibn Taymiyyah, read about Abdullah ibn Mubarak, read about Imam Ahmed. Um, it just comes out wrong. Now, politically, incorrect, politically correct, Yani, you know, that is, you can't go around and say Yani things like like that. I mean, I can because that's what I do, right? I don't mind Yani saying stupid things and it come across stupid. But I mean, Sheikh Uthameen saying that it sticks out, right? And like as if st studying knowledge is only for. And listen, this is what, ironically, this has a uh, kind of. Uh, how can I say Created the whole You know uh, Let's get him into medicine If he fails Or he's not clever Then let him become a Molvi Right The pack kind of thing Right And that would be And it You know Like I said There's no doubt about the correctness of this principle But it doesn't matter How you say it You're going to be torn apart for saying it Right And if you're saying Like what Zara is saying If he just said Let people play to their strengths that would be the nice way of saying it. Don't Yanni get involved, and uh, you know in details and all the rest of it. Okay, just 
you know, that's my point. Anyway, just so that we can finish the the the, the, the point, he goes as for um, when we look at it from a time point of view or priority in terms of uh, at that time. So if there is a particular era that we're in or a time in which ignorance has become widespread and it's just kind of gone, you know, all over the place. Okay. Um, and there are lots of people who are making fatwa, no knowledge. Then knowledge is more important than jihad at that time. More people need to study and take over and dilute out the ignorant. Okay. Um, and if we were in a time uh, where there's absolutely lots and lots uh, of scholars, but we need yani, some murabateen, we need yani, some people to stand, stand fast and defend the borders or yani, you know, to sort out yani, the, 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 the enemy, then jihad becomes better. And if we do not have a one or the other, right, then, uh, you know, everything's the same, then knowledge is better. So Sheikh Uthameen actually says in his opinion that knowledge is better. Okay, now let's just pause there because we'll come back to this point. Um, there's some, uh, uh, there's some, uh, uh, the fact that all of you are thinking of how it is the best way to say it shows the point I'm trying to say. Um, if you talk about this or you write about this, you're going to be ripped apart because it's more than just words. There's the issue as well of what I said earlier on. Like, I'll give you, let me put to you this uh, Ilhan Umar. What is it that you want her to do? She's not going to do anything else. What do you want her to do? Right? If, so, if someone is saying to me, you know, she's this, she's that, she's this, she's that. Or Sadiq Khan. What do you want her to do? Or Nazir Afzal, for example, the chief, uh, uh, whatever he's court judge. All these different high profile people. Right? Mo Salah, for example. Right? Or Paul Pogba. Yeah, I and mean, my point is, is that when you've got Muslim people who are in the public eye, who are not practicing to the level that we want, but they do a little bit of Islam here and there, there is a very fine line between less, yeah, and you warn against their deviancy. The guy puts a, uh, 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 hold on, uh, he, he put on um, a Christmas jumper, I think, and a, and a Christmas tree or something like that. And... That's the danger. You, we, we sing his praises so much. He does that. Then the masses think it's okay. Right? Um, uh, you've got that, that level of trying to make sure you don't over, so, over defend someone versus, you know, uh, not. I, I, I'll give you an example. You know, our absolute hero. I, I don't know of anybody. I don't know of anybody who doesn't love Habib uh, Nur Muhammadov. Okay? Or Habib Nur Magomedov. Right? Everybody loves him. The problem is when you love someone too much, you're going to come with a mega crash. You never ever, you know, don't put people on a pedestal, especially those that are not practicing Islamically the right things. We can defend him and you can, you know, speak about, you know, that he's actually not hitting and striking and it's any wrestling and all the rest of it. Obviously, you have no idea what, what ground and pound is at all. Okay. And, um... Uh, 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 but it's haram, it's haram. But anyway, he does so much good. Alhamdulillah. I know you guys don't like it when I say this, but I'm gonna smash your boy. Alhamdulillah. I know you don't like it when I say this. Al come on, man. Habib's a flippin' don. 
But I was watching an interview with him the other day. He's launching his own, not rival, but MMA, mixed martial arts, you know, that kind of thing. And um, he is uh, getting that whole kind of uh, uh, scene going. And it's going to be a feeder to the UFC, right? Which is obviously now becoming one of the world's biggest sports. Massive monies, you know, is going to come back probably and fight uh, Connor again. He's going to make himself 50, 60, 70 million dollars. You can see all kinds of craziness going on. But what's fascinating is that a person that everybody was, you know, thinking he's stopping for the sake of Allah, this, that, whatever. People don't understand, Yanni. Yeah? He's going in to promote the sport to a whole different level. A sport which is fundamentally haram, right? Well, fundamentally is the wrong word because actually fundamentally their version is brilliant, right? But the actual final version is proper. Haram, haram. Not a shadow of a doubt about it. The way that they destroy people's faces, regardless of whether it's for sport or whatever. And you can find that wheel. You can find any ways of blagging it. Believe me, I could do that for him better than anybody could. Justify how benefits here, benefits there. This hadith means this, hadith means that. It can be done. But you've got to realize, once you start playing that public game, that celebrity game, and we always know him to be very modest and always protecting. And I was watching the interview, and he's in Russia. He's launching the EFC. It's, he bought a, a, a franchise out. He renamed it as the Eagle Fighting Championship. And he's there talking about, you know, what he's going to offer as pay and what he's going to do and all the rest of it. And a woman report. And there's always women reporters, obviously. And women's MMA is very big. And he was asked straight out. She goes, um, uh, you are going to have women in your championship, right? Because every major championship has women fighting. And he goes, who told you that we weren't? You, can, you know, he snapped back, right? And uh, she goes, well, that's what I heard. That's what I understand. I just want to get your, your confirmation. Are you going to have women on your thingy? And he goes, he goes, what did he say? I, I Actually, I've forgotten. Um, what did I say? I thought whether he said that women will definitely be there or women will not definitely be there or something or whatever. Yeah. Last time I mentioned this about Habib. What did I mention about Habib? That's why I forgot. You were all dissing those who watch Utro. Oh my God, man. I diss people who watch Utro. No, wait a minute. I didn't diss people who watch Utro. I dissed people. I might have did. I might have, yeah. I might have. I probably did. I think I dissed two things. I need to find my words. I'm positive that the two things that I would have picked on is A, how much time people spend on it. Okay? That's completely unacceptable. If you're not forwarding it, I don't know how you do it. And if you're not in lockdown, I don't know how it's done. By the way, it's impossible to watch Orthrol in a normal week of normal human weeks. But when everything's locked down and... I mean, maybe for me it's different because I only watch it with the family. But anyway... Oh, bro, I got caught out hardcore with Urtrul. But one second. The second reason that I'm sure that I said, we said it publicly, I'm sure we did it on video somewhere. The second reason which I really disliked Urtrul is the fact that people's Iman was linked to Urtrul only, not yani, the actual history. I find that very problematic that people would quote Urtrul. Yes, this is it. Well done. That people with an inferiority... No, I didn't say only people with... It. So, matter you are now 
you are now entering fighting talk because you have to now bring that uh, statement out. If I said that, I would I'll put my head up. That I said only people with an inferiority complex watch Urthrul. Or did I say the people who consider it to be the greatest thing ever are those who have an inferiority complex? Because I said that... Uh, that people have to have a, a, a... What's it called? Send it where? Just here, put it here. Okay? Or Telegram group or whatever. Um, where I... And I still... And I, I, and I very, very strongly make this, uh, make this point. Auntie Shaquilla, how on earth did you watch it in 40 days, by the way? That you didn't enjoy it then. It is a very, very good series, by the way. It's no, no, women don't love it more. Our house love it. But let me just say something. I was, Yani, my point, even when we watch it now, when everyone was, is getting, Yani, excited about a point, I always remind them, by the way, you do know that Abu Bakr did this. You do know that Salahuddin did this. You do know that people did this. You do know that. My point is, is that people, Link their iman to uh, whatever. Anyway, I think Mesa's version versus Sumeru's version, I think we know who we're going to go with, right? Okay. I didn't say only. So Sumeru, you need to find that clip. And um, if I said that is rubbish or it's not good or whatever, that needs to be taken back because it is so good. Loved it so much. Hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred buzz. But by the way, can I just make it very, very, very clear? Very, very clear. I could never watch it by myself. What makes it so, 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 so good is I watch it with Iman, Zakaria and Heba. That is what takes it from a 6 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. I don't want to make that clear. It's all about the company. All about the company. All right. Anyway. People on, on, on the, the audio must be thinking, what the hell is this? So, uh, what was our point? Our point is that, yeah, as, um, like we said, Sumera, just send us the link and let's watch it and let's see exactly what we said and let's see what we would take back and what we say that, yep, hands up and let's see what other rubbish that you got, you are making up. That's what it is. I already, I already in public, the difference is, Sumera, is that I'm before you. I already in public said to everybody, I take it back. I'm eating my words. It's great, this, that, whatever. Because I remember what I said, right? That it's no good. Or I can't remember what I said, actually. But just bring what you think I said. All right. Now, as Ahlam said earlier on, don't hate someone too much. Don't love someone too much. And be very, very careful about being too uber critical about individuals um, that are doing something that you know we would never do. And I, I just think that if you have this approach without supporting these people and what they say, then I think you're, you're going to be on the safe side. You've got to be careful of falling either way, being too supportive of them and writing them off entirely, entirely as well okay 
Um, back to the issue of knowledge, Sheikh Uthameen said that, yeah, it's, it's knowledge in my book, which is the absolute most emphasized uh, point. He then reminds us of what Imam Ahmed said. Okay? Imam Ahmed said that علم لا يعدله شيء لمن صحت نيته which I love. He goes, nothing compares to knowledge, but only for the one who uh, perfects his intention, sorts out his intention. Okay? Sorts out his intention. I just want to say, Asma, I want to apologize you're here for a serious lesson and we've just been wasting your time. Okay? Um, and that's why I like when I see Asma's comments. Asal Bandashis. Alright? I just want to also say, by the way, that Abdurrahman, you know, the king of slaps, Abdurrahman out of Urtrul, he has agreed to do a series, joint Turkish-Pakistan series about a Pakistani guy who's like one of these Urtrul figures and he's going to play the main lead. How about that? How about that? Anyway, so Sheikh uh, Imam Ahmed alayhi rahmatullah, he said that the ilm is the best for the person who perfects his intention because the ilm for the one who's got no intention or weak intention or poor intention or intentions all over the place, it gets done for the, the done by his ego. That's a disaster. Absolute disaster. And he was asked, how do you perfect your intention? He said that you intend with humility Okay, and you remove ignorance from the entire process. All right, you remove ignorance from the entire process. And Sheikh says that in fact that's absolutely correct. Yani, all of uh, this deen is based upon knowledge, and even jihad. See, see he's, he's not even saying that you, you're going to be dumb when you're doing jihad. Okay, but jihad itself is predicated uh, upon knowledge. And it has to be, uh, it has to lead to knowledge. It's not. It, it's, a, it's a means to an end, and that end itself is knowledge. That's why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wama kanan mu'minun kafra," that it's not for the believers. It's not for the believers to, in Surah uh, in Surah uh, one hundred twenty-two. It's not for all the believers to go out together, meaning to go and fight. All of them just leave. Okay. That's why Artuk Bey has to stay behind. Asal Banda Artuk Bey. Okay? Keep him behind. Runs the show. Inshallah. Inshallah. How rubbish are everybody at saying Allah al Jalala? And then Artuk Bey comes in. Masha'Allah. Masha'Allah. Artuk Bey always gets left behind. Okay? To look after everyone. And there's a reason for that. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, the translation I'm reading out, okay, of 122, Surah at it's not yani, good for the believers to go out all together to fight. Out of each yani, group, out of each uh, 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 I don't want to say community, out of each unit or out of each army or whatever, a group should go out to gain understanding of the religion so that they can teach their people when they return and so that they can guard themselves against evil. Alright, 
So, meaning that there is more than jihad, and it goes bigger and better than jihad. Okay. Um, so you can see that then you know, someone's got to remain, someone's got to study, someone's got to you know, get the whole game you know, on on point. So uh, ilm is right at the top, but obviously it needs uh, uh, ikhlas for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you have knowledge, people love you for it because it's so beneficial. It opens the mind, it opens the heart, and so that can get to you. So you've got to be careful and not make it a curse. So it's only good for the person you know, who's going to uh, work on that, um, the conditions for knowledge, which is to have the right intention. All right. Okay, um, and then he says, so the most emphasized of all of the Tatawa prayers is the Salatul Kusuf, okay? And we're not going to go into this now, but Kusuf in its general sense just means eclipse. But when it's used by itself, it means solar eclipse as well, right? Even though generically when you use Kusuf, the Kaf, then it is just salat, uh, uh, the uh, eclipse or solar eclipse. When you've got two phrases... Kusuf and Khusuf, okay, Kusuf is um, solar and Khusuf of a Kha is a lunar eclipse. But this one here is covering both categories because it's only the word Kusuf, so it's referring to both in its general kind of sense. And why did the Hanbalis put this right at number one, which is the surprise new entry at number one? Because... The Prophet ﷺ commanded to it, okay? He uh, commanded the believers to come out for it, as the hadith in Bukhari uh, is there, hadith 1040. And he came out to it in a panic. He was rushing. He showed urgency when he ﷺ came out to it. And he prayed an utterly unique prayer. Yani the prayer has not been anything seen like it before. Okay, we'll come to that in its right time. And when he was praying, this is giving reason after reason. When he was praying this prayer, as in the hadith in uh, Bukhari, he was shown Jannah and Anar, so the heaven and the hellfire, he was shown, okay, in this prayer. So that gives it yeah, some extra space. Thinking. Number five, he gave a khutbah after it. Any prayer that gets a khutbah of itself makes yani, the prayer very, very uh, special. And it wasn't just an ordinary khutbah, but as Sheikh Zameen said, Baligatan Azima, a beautiful, mighty, clear, and impacting uh, khutbah, again narrated by Bukhari as well. And it is legislated to pray this prayer in Jama'ah, which itself is an excellent yani, indication. And he even gave it its own individual call, number seven. So he would say to a person, go around and uh, you know, announce As-salatu jami'ah As-salatu jami'ah Alright, so it's the It's the group prayer It's a group prayer When people heard that and not getting an adhan They knew it's serious They knew that it was going to be a uh, So on So anyway, this is why the Hanabila say That this is going to This is the most emphasized uh, Of the uh, Tatawat prayers The non-obligatory prayers so Sheikh Uthameen says we can understand then from what the author says that Salatul Kusuf therefore is not an obligatory prayer from the Tatawa and we need to state here that this is something which is differed over 
Because if you think about it, in actual fact, the way that he's built up these reasons why it is emphasized, we should question ourselves, hey, does this prayer even exist in this chapter? Why are you in, why are you discussing, um, why are you discussing this prayer in the non-obligatory section when it's indicating so much that it's an obligation? Sheikh Uthameen at the top of page 8, he says, was sahih, as for the correct position, is that this prayer is actually fardun wajib. It is an obligation, which means it's disqualified from this category, according to Sheikh Uthameen. All right? Uh, and he's like, listen, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to uh, uh, get involved in a debate. Is it fard kifaya? Is it fard ain? Meaning, is it obligatory upon obligatory upon the individual or upon the group? It is obligatory. All right. Whether someone does it or I, everybody has to do it, but it's obligatory. Um, and he carries on. He makes a wonderful point. He goes, "How is it possible that the Muslims see something?" which is a warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not bring the sun or the moon to eclipse, okay? Um, except to frighten the people, except to bring shock, except to bring, يعني, um, you know, except to really kind of, you know, bring the people to what's going on here. Right? So Allah causes that, legislates a prayer in which is all about, I'm sorry, Ya Allah, you are the greatest, seeking forgiveness. And then people just gank off the prayer and instead buy them stupid glasses to go and watch it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? That's the kuf way of taking it. The believers are like, that's been done for a reason. I've got to pray. I've got to pray. And if I can't pray, it's because I've got a really good reason that I can't pray. Because I'm being warned with the biggest warning possible, the mini qiyamah basically. Because the eclipse is the mini legal scientific version of the Day of Judgment of the sun rising from the west. It's still, even though we've proper killed it and made it yani, very, very... <coughs> Even though we've made it really like a spectacle and all the rest of it, the truth is, um, it is a magnificent sign of the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's, you know, those people who are still connected to the earth in a normative way, it's a heart stopping moment, frankly. Anyway, there's absolutely no doubt that this is done. I mean, if you didn't believe that, then the fact that there's a prayer which is legislated for it is 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 enough. And so the Prophet ﷺ being so stressed and so upset, scared. You know, if you see the hadith, you might say, ah, oh, because they never saw, they never knew. It was a really a shock to those simple people. The Prophet ﷺ is not simple. And desert Arabs are not simple. They're connected in a far more intelligent way than all of us. And I don't just mean because they're companions and prophets. I mean... Everyone that we think is simple, right? Nah. Nah. The people who live out in the wild, people who live a proper life, they're not simple, bro. Anyway, 
So Sheikh Uthameen makes a wonderful point. He goes that yani, Allah sends something to warn you. He gives you a prayer to then heed the warning by. And you leave the prayer. You say, no, I can't pray. Or I don't want to pray. Or I don't know how to pray. Or I don't understand this prayer. Many people don't, you know. Many people don't know. Many people don't. And I'm proud actually in Manchester. Or the, or the practicing communities anyway. The practicing communities, they do revive this prayer quite a bit. They do. Bisbury, Makki. We should make a big thing of it. Um, cheated as well. Um, and this is despite the fact that the Prophet Sallallahu uh, commanded, uh, you know, this uh, people to pray. Commanded, yani, the Prophet Sallallahu said, you know, pay sadaqah, make takbir, make istighfar, make itq, free the slaves, and rush to the prayer. You know, what he did, never been seen before. Neither the, the attitude, neither the action, neither the fear, neither the prayer itself. And people are going to think that this is just some kind of random, you know, sunnah act. How are you, Gani, even, you know, you know, seeing all this and then saying, and how are you going to then say sunnah? You know, he goes in, man. So... So Sheikh says, and if the Muslims leave this act, uh, and he goes in that uh, he goes in and says that. So you're telling me that people can say it's sunnah, and if people leave this act, they're not being no, not they're not sinful, they're not sinful. فأقل ما نقول فيها. So Sheikh says then, so that the bare minimum that we, we that we can say about this act, uh, the bare minimum that we can say about this prayer is that it's fard kifaya. That there at least should be some believers somewhere on the planet that are basically protecting us. You know this concept, and I'm going to close on this, okay? This concept that that someone is taking one for the team. Or that, yani, from the barakah of the people somewhere, somewhere, you know. Like about this idea that, you know, there's one person that making dua. Or there's one, yani, muttaqi. Or there's one, yani, mustaghfir, yani, somewhere that's praying for us. Otherwise, humanity will be, you know... Sliced to pieces, or the believers certainly. I mean, what we did to Muslims in East Turkestan, what we did to the believers in Rohingya, what we did to the believers in Palestine, what we did to yani, our own sisters, even in this country, for example. Yani, the zulm that occurs, this, that, whatever. Whatnot. Yani, we've not just got shame on our face, we've been humiliated. Someone, somewhere is keeping Allah happy. This concept is very important in religion. And it also comes across into our legal uh, um, our legal what's the word? Not uh, paradigm. It comes across into our legal framework as well. In that if there is a group of people that are doing this prayer like it should be, then they did enough for the rest. And I have to say that my heart yani, gravitates towards this position. It's a fard kifaya. Allah subhanahu knows best. So anyway, our class position is that kusuf does not actually belong in this list at all because it actually is not tatawa. That's yani, the, um, the take-home of this, of this uh, uh, part. We've gone way over the uh, session uh, limit. Um, if you want to ask uh, one or two quick questions, I don't mind. Okay, because we haven't had any questions. So that's always good. All right. All right. 
Uh, did we see any questions? Um, nope, it's all Ithron and Harib. I think we're good. No, Fart Kifaya. Okay. Alright, I'm going to give a few more seconds. Online folks, sorry, audio folks, they're just getting their questions ready. And then we will uh, deal with things. So the first question is the prayer for the eclipse. Is it done locally or anywhere? The sunnah, in my opinion, is that it is linked to uh, um, feeling that fear. It's not yani, um, based upon, uh, you know, it's not based upon uh, the theory. You've got to see it. And that's a, a different... We'll come to that anyway. We will come to that. Okay? Um, the vaccine. I understand some centers at the end of the day offered the unused vaccines to NHS members outside. Could I send my parents to get the spare vaccine or is this dishonest? No, it's not dishonest. Yes, that is correct. Even our center. Okay? But that was when they were quite not organized and they were just trying to work out, you know, flow and... Who doesn't turn up and who does and the weather's playing a part in it as well, etc, etc, etc. Okay, it's absolutely not yani, dishonest, but I do want to say be careful about being disappointed. All right. So and it's not just a, 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 um, but, you know, the easy way, by the way, the easy, easy way is just to volunteer to do um, some, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, volunteer to do... Um, Marshalling and all the rest of it. They're sick, man. They're doing a great job. All of those folks, they're kids. There's middle-aged, there's elderly. All of them, all of them have been uh, vaccinated. And I reckon, and here's the irony, I reckon they'll get their second vaccine before everybody else as well. Because, you see, once we make up that vaccine and we get a quiet patch period in the day or uh, in the day for one or two hours, once it's reconstituted, we need to use it in two hours. So they will go and give it to anybody who's close. Now, there's no way you can plan for the outside. But if you're inside just doing a bit of volunteering, you're going to get your second dose, bro. I'll tell you straight. Anyway, investing, providing that the debt-to-asset ratio is less than 33%, is there any reason we cannot invest into a company who's making a loss? I don't think so, as long as it's not haram. I actually even believe that the debt, if it's greater, I think there's some space for that, okay? Yeah, and it is some space for that. Uh, it's never too late to start watching Urtural. Honestly, like I said, I cussed Urtrul, right? Uh, I can't remember what I said, but I do remember cussing it. Different things. It is so good. I take all of that part back about cussing it in terms of quality and buzz and fun. Jokes. Oh, man. You're going to come across some characters that are going to touch your heart, man. Artuk Bey is the greatest guy. Afshin Bey, I miss so much. Uh, Selshan is the greatest actress in the history of anybody. And Aliyar will tear your heart into pieces and Turgut is candy oh my god for men and women gotta lower that gaze right Zara Shahid wanted to confirm in the case when one has doubt in the prayer and figures it out in the prayer and realize they have not made a mistake the sajda sahum after taslim is actually wajib yes we do hold that position and that's Sheikh Uthameen's much more stricter position. I'm not going to go as strict, but we spoke about that 
that is to be seen as very important and is done after the Taslim. Okay, uh, Sarah's uh, general uh, summary goes something like supererogation is the performance of more than is asked for, the action of doing more than the duty requires. In general, though, it means to do worship, good action, good deeds. In fiqh, it means not obligatory, but it is an objective in and of itself. Allah gives a supererogatory action supplementary to every obligatory action which works to increase the quality of the obligation. Categories, classifications of the supererogatory prayers are legislated to be prayed in congregation versus not prayed in congregation, linked to obligatory prayers versus not linked, time-limited prayers versus not restricted time, restricted to a cause versus not restricted. The most emphasized according to the Hanbalis is eclipse prayer, rain prayer, taraweeh and witr. We will disagree with this yani, big time, all right? Uh, story time, yep, we had that. Sheikh Uthameen said the jihad is the most emphasized supererogatory of actions. And he considers it to be, but yani, when it comes down to it, um, it is something which is far more nuanced based upon time and place and person. One should play to their strengths. One should look to the needs of the ummah where there is a lack. That's very good. And uh, also we should need to say that if push comes to shove, then ilm is the best. That's the one action that should be. Uh, that's the one statement that should be added. And the class position of Sheikh Uthameen as well is that the eclipse prayer is at the very least a fard kifaya due to its, um, due to its importance bigger than the magnificence. Someone asked me, it is, is it afdal to not use any Quranic dua in sujood and use your own wording in Arabic given the prohibition? So we said before that this prohibition is in question, Aslan. That when, we, when the Prophet ﷺ was reciting, was to, uh, talking about the prohibition, he said, Akra. Yani, Adnuhitu an Akra. Yani, yani, I was yani, prohibited from reciting. And so it is the kind of. Um, trying to uh, you know enjoy and worship Allah with the Quran and you're in a lowly position um, which is the prohibited part and scholars said that when you're making dua then that's the best thing that you can do and the words of Allah are the best that you can use and so therefore you should um, it's not applying to dua so it's a very valid position so a person should go with that now saying having said that there's no doubt that when it comes to what is afdal, it is to use the Quranic dua in a way in which you remove the um, remove the, uh, the 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 ayah part, like Rabbana atina, turn it to Allahumma atina. That's better than going to random Arabic. And the best dua of all is neither Quran, neither doctored, neither edited, neither your own. It's the du'a that you feel the greatest at that moment in whatever language, saying whatever word. It's never, ever a particular formula. It's ikhlas yani, and your heart connecting, which I've said, spoken about a lot of time and a lot of detail. Allah listens to the language of the hearts, not the language of the tongues. Um, it all depends. Uh, okay. Uh, someone asked me, is there anything that says if you want to recite a second surah in your third or fourth raka'ah, then do so only for sunnah prayers, not the fard prayers? Is there anything saying if you want to recite a second surah in your third or fourth rakah? What does a second surah mean? You mean a second after Fatiha, you mean? If you mean after Fatiha, then there is there's no doubt that the Prophet's obligatory prayer did not have these uh, 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 surahs in the third and fourth as a matter of norm. Very, very exceptional. And so we, we be very careful 
when it comes to um, uh, yani being too uh, affirming too much in obligatory prayer we kind of would do that in the uh, in the in the in the in the supererogatory prayer uh, with that is being sick I don't know why with that is that your your cooking is it gone off what's happened man come on man speak to us with that we miss you for so long man not giving no fatwas anymore staying quiet I don't know what's happening Usman season 2 is even better and um, that's that that's very reassuring to hear however what I am worried about about Usman see I'm not a person who I don't have FOMO is it FOMO that oh my god everybody I couldn't care less about that right as I said to you with um, as I said to everybody for me I'm not a big TV fan myself I'm a massive anything that I can do with my family fan and Urtrul on the TV with Ihiba is oh my god Ya Allah Allahumma lakal hamd it's an absolute scream she memorized absolutely everything she tells me the plots this that I forget everything after the, the, the thing it's brilliant so therefore I need the pause and the forward and the this that whatever it isn't and I, I can't watch poor quality and I can't watch on a small screen it has to be family it has to be on a TV so I've never watched anything like that unless it's like that so Usman has to be ready for me like that before I watch it. If it's not, then later, mate. Okay, I'll wait until four or five years. Bro, I started Urtrul yani, late, yani, you know, uh, March for crying out loud. You know what I mean? All right, I think that's um, enough, I think. There's, uh, 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 that's too much, okay? Is there any basis to the scaremongering around the vaccine in relation to it reducing adversely affecting fertility? I don't think this. I don't. I don't know what the scaremongering is, but what we know is that someone who's trying shouldn't be taking it because we. You don't. You see, you gotta understand, uh, Rivers. Yeah, that. Give a shout out to Meshad, man. I haven't seen my go in a long time. Shout out to the Meshad. Um, what? you got to know is that we don't test vaccines in 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 emotionally politically socially unacceptable groups of people so you don't you know, go out there and do it in pregnant women even though we end up doing it in pregnant women but you're not going to go and say right whatever group of pregnant women right or someone's trying to get a kid and suddenly you know because if a, a woman uh has a bad reaction she can't have a kid nobody's going to get over that it's the same as the you know, you know that video of the of the nurse that faints straight after the thing. It only became so impacting. You know, she has the injection, she falls. People said she died. People said this, that, whatever. If it wasn't a nurse, it wouldn't have had half the traction. So, who you are matters. So, if you're pregnant and you get a side effect, you're that 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 company's dead. And if you're that's that's what it is. So. There's always a risk that it has a problem on fertility. It, there is a risk. But, you know, it's not quantifiable. There's no reason why it should. The risk is the simple fact that it's not been tried. There's not, it's not, it's not teratogenic. It's not a, it's not a drug which actually works by uh, uh, being toxic or having a toxic kind of uh, 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 thing. Okay, all right, guys. Um, that was not too long. All right, you know, when you've had a tough, tough, tough.
tough week. There's only one ending that soothes the heart. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika shabu la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.